I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right will be your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right will tackle topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen or bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company, Black Dog Builders, in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals and past clients to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. Hey, good morning, Brenda. Good morning, David. Hey, welcome back to Renovation Made Right to our listeners. Uh, and uh, the last couple of shows we did were sort of introductions to us and introductions to uh, the remodeling industry and uh, and sort of our perspective on some of the challenges associated with remodeling. So mm-hmm. um, I thought today we would spend some time talking with clients or with, I'm sorry, t- we spent some time today talking um, with listeners about how to select the right, the right remodeling project for them because that's awesome. We, that's a problem we see a lot. I think when clients are coming in to speak with us, they 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 often have a sense of something they want or maybe they, they think they know the project that's right for them. Um, but then after further exploration, we sometimes find that's not right. right. Right, that happens all the time. Yeah, and so I think um, you know I think that's a source that we find to be challenging for clients. It's a source that can make it difficult for um, the the people that the clients are working with to try to figure out how to help them. Um, And so I thought maybe we'll just explore that topic a little bit today and take people through, uh, you know, thinking about how you get to the ultimate project that meets your needs and and, and with the constraints that we all have, right? So there's, um, every project's got budget to it, right? Um, And that's uh, that's something to to think through as, as well as making sure that the end project uh, is is going to meet your needs. Right. And I think right. being prepared for that as as customers and as clients, if you really have a sense of what you need and you've really thought about it, you'll actually be much happier with the final project as well. Because sometimes if you're just thinking, well, I kind of think I want this and somebody comes in and isn't really a- asking the right questions, all of a sudden you end up with a project that is so far away from anything that you could really need that you know, ultimately, it's a waste of your time and money. Exactly. I mean, if at the end of the day, when the project's all done and when the dust is settled and you're you're in the new space and it's beautiful, if you don't love it and you don't think, man, this meets all the needs that we had going into it, then mm-hmm. that's a huge mistake, right? Right. And and I think sometimes consumers between between sort of enthusiasm and anxiety and nervousness, um, you know, maybe go at a pace that is a little too quick in trying to understand what the project is they want. And then, and, and can end up at that at that finish line that they were hoping they wouldn't be at. Yeah, it's kind of right. like going to the grocery store without a good list in front of you. And or you know, hungry. Yeah, right. Or hungry. <laughs> but if you if you uh, if you know what you're going to cook for dinner, but you didn't make a list, then all of a sudden you get home and either you you left half the stuff off the list, or you bought a bunch of stuff that you didn't need just because it looked enticing to you in the moment. Right. Guaranteed a bag of potato chips in there somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Right. So. Or um, if you bring your toddler with you, then that's <laughs> that's the worst. So uh, so one of the examples that I think comes to mind fairly frequently for us is uh, consumers that might come and talk to us about uh, th- the first thing they think is okay I need an addition mm-hmm. right so so let's you know let's talk a little bit about that for the, the for the folks that think they're only you know they lived in their home for a while their home doesn't meet their needs and they feel like the only way to get it to meet their needs is more space right 
So let's talk about how they feel like the home doesn't meet their needs. A lot of people come in and say, you know, I really want a family room addition. And I want a place that feels comfortable and cozy for my family to hang out in. And we come into the house and we find that um, there's actually a lot of square footage in the house. It's not being used at all. Exactly. Um, You know, it's either out of the way or the traffic patterns are bad. Um, And it's not so much that they need more square footage. An addition would solve their problem. Yes, they would have a, a family room and they would have a new space that feels the way they want. But you spend an awful lot of money when maybe you could reconfigure the house as it stands right now, um, get things connecting better, get things flowing better, um, spend a little less money and end up with the same end result. Exactly. And so, I mean, so you, you sort of extrapolate that topic a little bit and talk about um, another example that, that we run into all the time is clients that feel like they want an eat-in kitchen um, and... Uh, and, and in order to make that happen, they feel like they need to blow out the back of the house, put an addition on, and expand the kitchen into that space. Mm-hmm. But upon a little further reflection and, and talking to folks and saying, so how often do you eat in your formal dining room, right? Many, many homes we walk into have a formal dining room, uh, and many, many of our clients don't ever use them. They don't yeah, have sit-down Like dinners. twice a year. Yeah, or, right. you know, or we've had clients say, you know, the, the primary function for our dining room is to contain my grandparents' dining room furniture, mm-hmm. right? Right, which they have great sentimental value and, you know, they don't necessarily want to get rid of. Well, or th- that may be true, and in that case, the addition might be a good fit. Or it may be that, you know, when they think about it a little further, well, you know, that's not that big of a deal anymore, right? right? And and then there's the square footage. Mm-hmm. There, there's the eat-in kitchen. Uh, by taking down what is typically a non-bearing wall in most homes, mm-hmm. uh, it's a relatively low-cost solution to yep. to get you the, f- the the project that actually can change the way you guys live in the house. Right. So you end up with a with a dining room that's a little less formal, and maybe you dress up your kitchen a little bit. Maybe you do the kitchen exactly. over, make the kitchen a little spiffier and nicer, and you make the dining room a little less stuffy. Right. And all of a sudden, you have a great new space. Um, better flow, better feel, and you haven't spent, you know, $150,000 on an addition that you really didn't need right. in the first place. Right. And yeah, and so there's a lot of things that factor into this too. So it's not only things like, uh, you know, how much money you're spending, but depending on the length of time you anticipate spend, being in the home, that really should help drive some mm-hmm. of the things that consumers think about. So mm-hmm. we really encourage people to think, okay, if, if this is your forever house, then kind of all bets are off. You can do what you feel is the right thing, right? But if it's not your forever house, or let's you know, let's say you work with a corporation where you might get relocated, or you think, um, all right, our kids are approaching high school, and 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 once we get them out to college, we may either downsize or relocate or whatever. That then starts to put some constraints on what you should be thinking about in terms of of investment to your home, right? Right. Right. And, and so you know, it, it, we we think typically that the lo- the smaller the window of time you're going to be in your home. Um, the uh, the shorter, I'm sorry, not the, not the shorter, the smaller window of time, the less money you probably should be investing. So you should be right. thinking about more um, right. sort of aesthetic, aesthetic things, superficial mm-hmm. things. And I know some people think, okay, but if I add square footage that's adding value to my house, and that is ostensibly true. However, houses that flow well and feel comfortable and are cohesive from a design perspective are actually going to sell much, much faster and for a higher margin than houses with a lot of square footage that's poorly laid out um, with poor flow 
And and so it does make sense to look at, you know, the space you have now. How can you make that the very, very best? Right. And, and we'll probably reference this uh, article I'm about to talk to or talk about, pardon me, in, um, in, an, in a future show. But there is a remodeling magazine is one of the big industry magazines um, and they invest time, energy and money into um, g- providing good industry statistics and good industry data, one of the things they write um, on an annual basis is called the cost versus value survey. Right. Right. And the cost versus value survey talks about a variety of projects that people do, and they they look at it geographically and they base it on different parts of the country. Um, and then they've gone through and said, okay, the average kitchen project is uh, you know costs X amount of dollars in this part of the country, X amount of dollars in that part of the country, um, and they then attach a resale value to it, right. which is really interesting, right? Um, it's interesting and I guess on some level a little bit of a disconcerting thing for people because um, almost no project on that list has a positive return on investment. Right, right. right. And that's another big piece of this is thinking through um, not only what's the right project based on how long you're going to be in the house, um, but thinking through, okay, if you're doing this work because you want to make a profit, you should disabuse yourself of that notion. Yeah. Right? Because they're really – and we're not going to tell a client that, oh, yeah, this family room is going to allow you to uh, sell your house for, for more than what you paid for the family room. Right. That's right? impossible. And in fact, if that is your goal, you should, you're better off. You know, especially if you're going to sell within a year – Cosmetic, cosmetic, right. cosmetic, paint, right. you know, cleaning up, new carpet, you know, the very basic sort of stuff um, is your best investment by far. Exactly. If you're going to be in the house for a while, um, then that's when you want to start thinking about your own quality of life. Right. Exactly. So, so there's, that's exactly right. So if you can think, sort of think of the, your duration of the home on sort of a continuum and that the further out you say you're going to be, the more you can commit to right. making the house, you know, really your own. Right. right? And the more you can customize it to be uniquely yours, mm-hmm. right? So if you're if you're going to be in the home for a short window of time and you choose kind of funky colors that you are passionate about and that you love and you think are awesome, that's great. But, but somebody else might not like it. Somebody else might be right. completely turned off, right? right. And, and even though they might like the general house, they could be turned off enough at a showing that they can't see their way. Like not a lot of folks have good vision about mm-hmm. what a house potential, that, that's our job, right? right? Is having good vision about what your house could be potentially looking like. Consumers walking in off the street with a realtor often don't have that. Yeah, they just see what they see. Yeah. And, they, and they're comparing your house against 10 other houses that they're looking at. So, right. you know, it's not just, okay, this is the only house, how can we make it right? It's, right. Is it is it at all attractive to us? Exactly, exactly. So, so I, th- I think um, as, as consumers think about that, th- that's a really important thing uh, to factor in a very important decision to factor in is is not only um, overall investment but the style and type of project and some of that's constrained by your geography right mm-hmm. so in our market in New England um, there's a look in New England right mm-hmm. we don't we don't get to do that while there are some contemporary homes they make a very small percentage of the market up right, right. there there are right. some mid centuries but you know. Uh, like houses that were built in the 50s and 60s that right. have, you know, funk factor to them. And you can do a lot of fun things with contemporary. But if you're living in a colonial, it is not necessarily the greatest investment for you to put in a modern kitchen in a colonial because in 10 years it's going to look like a modern kitchen from 2019, right. Right. not like modern for 2029. Right. And, and, and the market is effectively expecting a relatively consistent look. Right. right? And, and so, and if you want what you want, Awesome, no right. problem. But you just need to go into it with your eyes open, mm-hmm. right? Another concept that I want to talk about uh, a little bit that ties directly into this as people are making choices 
is this whole idea, we talked a little bit about return on investment, right? Return on investment is not um, a great way to be thinking about it. So it's like, you know, I think a lot of folks, there's a lot of shows on HGTV and there's a lot of uh, a lot of activity around sort of flipping houses. And mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a big business, right? right? Um, and flipping houses is a very, very, very different thing, mm-hmm. right? People who do it for a living and who do it well are buying homes uh, at a wholesale price, there's mm-hmm. actually the ability to wholesale houses. There's like a, there's an industry that does that, right? Uh, and then yeah, you see signs up. You know, we buy houses exactly. and those phone numbers, or exactly. like you know, we buy ugly houses. Right. You know, you've seen those advertisements before. Exactly. So those guys are are you know looking for wholesale opportunities mm-hmm. essentially, right? And then they're they're going to then make different choices than you as a homeowner might make about trying to make what might be a distressed property appealing to the market. Right. Right. And, and a lot of that is cosmetic. Totally. Right. And and and, and that's a big challenge, right? Because uh, and a lot of it's cosmetic. And so those folks are, are, are firing right for the middle of the market. They mm-hmm. want to make sure that they're putting stuff in uh, that will have a broad base appeal to a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and and not taking strong stances on color or style or things mm-hmm. like that. Right? A lot of oatmeal color. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And that sells and that's fine. And that's, mm-hmm. that works. Right. Um, but they're very, very much geared toward return on investment. Everything about doing a flip is return on investment. Right. Mm-hmm. We encourage clients to think about um, the remodeling process as return on enjoyment. You're making a, you know. Oh, I like that. Yeah, ROE. Well, that's not very clever. R-O-I. I haven't heard that before. Yeah. yeah. And so um, so when we talk. <laughs> I should we, talk to you more often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we talk about return on enjoyment, that's a different, uh, different way for folks to envision. Um, it, it's the difference between uh, you spending money on a budget car that gets you from A to B mm-hmm. versus a car that has more features and more comfort right. that allows you to enjoy your commute more, mm-hmm. right? That both accomplish the end goal, mm-hmm. which is to get to work, right? Um, but the difference in how they get there is the difference in budget and difference in enjoyment, right? right. So if you as a consumer, as you, if you as a homeowner get wrapped around return on investment, you're going to be disappointed um, because like literally, I think last year, back circling back to the Remodeling Magazine cost versus value study, Last year, the only project that I can recall that had a positive return on investment was replacing your front door. Oh. Right. So you spent 1500 bucks to replace your right. front door <laughs> with a cool-looking front door, um, and you made 200 bucks profit, right? Woo. But beyond that, yeah. you know. And, and it's, you know, this also kind of ties into sort of what projects you do around your home um, have. We're talking about broad-based appeal. There are some projects doing around your home that actually can devalue, right? Mm-hmm. So. If, as an example, uh, you choose to add an in-ground pool, right? Right. For some folks, an in-ground pool would be awesome, right? One of our kids has been begging for an in-ground pool for as Forever. long as we've been in our house, yeah. right? And and for some folks, well, I, I can think of, I think... Uh, He's going to continue to be disappointed, by the way. He is. He's not yeah. going to pull. Right. Not going to pull. But I can think of uh, three different clients that we've had over the course of time who have actually moved into homes that had in-ground pools and filled them in. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. It happens all the time. Because they look at the pool as, what, like risk? Yeah. Right? Right. Or, There's liability and then also upkeep and cost and, right? So if you're not using it all the time, it is a pain. Right. And so, so that ties back into, you know, where you find value and, and thinking through the process. And if, if at the end of the day, a pool for you is the right thing, awesome. Just mm-hmm. know going into it that... You know, most realtors are not going to say, hey, great, you just increased your value, your house value by the cost of that pool. Well, it's just right. like buying a vehicle for fun, right? Yeah. You know, in that sense, right. or a boat, right? You know, both both 
ultimately lose value. But if you're getting pleasure out of it and using it all the time, well, then that's a, it's an expense and it's something that you're willing to do, just like going out to the movies. Exactly right. Exactly right. It's the so, same concept. So anyway, th- th- so as, as consumers are thinking about what's the right project for me, we've talked through sort of the idea of not every project needs more space, mm-hmm. right? And we've talked through the idea that there's a lot, there's often, if you have good design, there's often solutions within the walls that you may not see, yep. right? So working with someone who has uh, good vision and can see those things that you can't see or may look at some ideas like, eh, that's not a big deal. So we have a lot of a lot of times people will get really freaked out by the idea of taking down a bearing wall, mm-hmm. right? And there's sort of a bearing wall, meaning a wall that actually carries weight in your home. Mm-hmm. Not all of them do. Only right. some walls do, right? right. Um, and for a remodeling professional, that's like water off a duck's back. Right. It's no big deal. It's not to a take big down, deal. Right? right. It is slightly more expensive than taking down a non-bearing wall. Absolutely. We, there, so. there are certain things that we have to do in the process to right. make sure everything's safe. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't mean to suggest that there's not cost. There certainly is cost. Right. right. Um, you know, it could be ten thousand dollars to sit down into your wall. But if that ten thousand dollars is the difference between. Um, a mediocre project and an awesome project, mm-hmm. it, then it's probably like a very worthwhile thing to do right. as long as you're working with somebody who knows how to do it safely right. and correctly, right? And one of the things we run into a, a lot in houses, especially houses that were built before mm, 1960, is that you have a lot of separate rooms. Yep. Um, it's choppy, mm-hmm. does not flow well, and consistently what people are looking for these days is, is better flow, better connection between the, right. the living spaces, you know, so that your family room is open to your kitchen, is open to your dining room, is open. No formal living room, no right. closed-off spaces. Um, and so it is actually easy to take down walls, and it can actually increase the value of your house because... Yes, you're not increasing the square footage, but what you're doing is giving consumers what they wanted all along. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, so those are big. Those are big con- considerations, big concepts for people as they're thinking about what's the right project. Um, and, you know, and and then within that, there's sort of a whole range of projects that we see coming up as as very popular, right? Um, and so while family room additions, we just talked a whole bunch of reasons why you don't necessarily need to add space. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some times when adding space is the right solution, right? right. Um, and, and that's fine as well. But that's not until after you've kind of done a good needs assessment, right? right? So let's talk a little bit about the that, needs assessment. that concept, yeah. right? Um, and so we really encourage people uh, so almost always there are two decision makers, right? Right. Not whether they're, uh, you know, whether they're married or not, it's irrelevant, but there's almost always two decision makers in the process, right? So, and almost never do both decision makers see their needs and wants the same way. Right. And they always assume that the other one is right on board. Right. You right. know, and that never is the case. Right. right. Me, you know, they're me, like, oh, my husband would totally agree with me and not, not right. at all. Right. Uh, you know, or, or some clients will start, will start working with some clients and there's really, clearly there's one person who's sort of a point person. They're mm-hmm. the driver of the project. Yep. And they're like, okay, I really kind of have carte blanche here. I'm going to do whatever I want. Right. Mm-hmm. And then as the project progresses, um, the second person who is either, you know, the busier person, maybe they're the, the primary breadwinner or whatever. They then chime in after you know weeks of design to then say, oh no 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 no, we're right. not doing that. We're doing this. Right. Right. Frustrating. Frustrating. <laughs> Very for frustrating. Right. Yeah. Frustrating for the designers. Frustrating for the person who was the driver yeah. who's now not driving so we much. We do a lot of marriage counseling. Right. In this there, process. there is some of that for sure. Yep. Right. So, um, so then to help avoid that, doesn't if at the end of the day there's going to be one person who is the primary contact and the driver, that's mm-hmm. totally fine. Right. But asking those folks to sit down and, and really go through a, a sort of a need versus want list and prioritize that. So write down all the things that you need um, or that you want. And those are two different things, right? These are like, yep. so we we describe a need as 
in order for that project to be considered successful, those needs need to had had to have happened. Right. Right. We had to meet those needs. Right. Mm-hmm. Wants are a little different. So I, I you know I. I want a skylight in the family room. Uh, that would be uh, that. That's something that I would like to have, but the family room is a need. I have to have the family room, and then the skylight is more a bell or a whistle that I might or might not get. Right. Right. So thinking through um, what are the drivers for you, and do you know? I think I think each person in the couple needs to do this exercise separately mm-hmm. on a piece of paper. Yep. Right. And write these things out, and then when you're done writing them out, rank order them. Rank order the things that are deal breakers. Like if I don't get these things, we shouldn't do the project. Right. Right. And I think you should think about it like that. I think you should mm-hmm. really think about it like I'm not willing to compromise. I'm not willing to let this go. So if, if this doesn't happen, it's probably not right for us. Right. And sometimes we will have we'll find clients who will result who will come up away from that experience by saying, you know what, um, we probably I didn't think this was the case, but we've probably just moved. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. When they look at all the the cost benefit analysis and and everything they they wanted and needed, and they get to the end of the day, they go, you know what? It's going to cost $400,000 to do everything that I want to do to this house. And I could move into the house that basically has it all done and my cost is going to be less and I'm going to be in a better neighborhood or I'm going to be next to the school that I want my kid to go to or, right, and there's there's other advantages. And not to sit here and try and talk you out of remodeling because right. that's what that's we do. Right. But ultimately what we want to do is work with people who are going into this with their eyes wide open. They know right. exactly what they're going to get, and they're going to be happy with the final result when they when they come out the other side. Yeah, and a big goal for this for doing this program is to help people have good experiences. Clearly, you know, um, whether they work with us or not is irrelevant. It's we right. just we just want to be able to set people up and give them some tools to um, to to go into the beginning part of the process well and to come out of it well. Right. right? Um, so so that and I think a lot of this thinking needs to be done before you sit down with a professional. And, and I'm going to define a professional in a lot of different ways. That could be uh, a designer that you work with. It right. could be a registered architect. It could be a design build professional. It could be, you know. Uh, could be your plumber. Could, whomever, you know. right? Um, but, but, it's, but for you to do the upfront sort of thinking work before you engage somebody else is really, really important. Right. Um, and not only will will they find it less frustrating, you'll find it less frustrating. Exactly. Right? Um, and I mean, this is part of the homework ultimately. And if you do the homework before you work with a professional, right. it's it's going to go much more smoothly. Exactly. And so, so, so we talk about these two lists. So there's the his list, the hers list, there's whatever gender the lists are. Do the lists rank order the list and then get together and talk about them. And mm-hmm. then, and, and, and so your goal in doing that is to, when you engage someone that's a service provider, your goal is to be able to give them one cohesive list and now you guys are a team and you're both on board. And right. obviously that's going to probably require a little bit of horse trading and a little bit of compromise and a little mm-hmm. bit of, okay, uh, this is really important to you, but I don't really care about it. So this is really important to me and you don't care about it. Let's try to figure out where right. features can get in there. Right, right, exactly. How we can make a win-win. Right. One thing I want people to think about too is thinking about like the features and benefits. You know, you talked about needs and wants um, when you're making your your list of what's important to you. And what I mean by features and benefits is sometimes people come to us and say, I really want a sub-zero refrigerator and, or I really want, um, you know, one particular product. But what they're not telling us is why they think they need that. Right. So, so my point is, if we understand that um, you said you want a sub-zero refrigerator, but what you really wanted was a refrigerator that had, was built in and had panels on the front and so that you couldn't really see it. 
Um, there are a lot of options, and I, and not like we sell, we, we do a lot of work with Sub Zero, so it's not you know it's not again against one manufacturer or another. But if your if your goal was I don't really want to see my refrigerator, then there are lots of options to to meet that need. Some are more expensive than others, right? And so think about it in that context, right? As opposed to going to like a specific uh, manufacturer, it, it, if that's if that's a drop dead, that's the manufacturer you want. That's great, but if you tell us the reasons behind making that decision and what you're looking for, we may be able to say, oh, if that's your goal, here are several other things that you can maybe think about that might meet your needs, but be half the cost. Right. So like, don't presume the solution. Right. You know, come, and I agree. So, so coming to your designer, whoever you're working with, um, with a good list of those needs and wants and then helping them figure out the best way to fulfill or having them help you figure out the best way to fulfill right. that can be much more productive. Right. Right. So. Um, so that's sort of uh, this this concept of figuring out the right project is is a big concept, and and so we wanted to spend some time in this show uh, talking about that. In subsequent shows, we're going to sort of now say, okay, there are there's still a lot more to talk about, but now we're going to get into giving you um, the tools to go through the process well, um, and uh, and use some of this information that we've helped you with to 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 do your homework offline. Um, so that when you start uh, talking to folks and start figuring out who you might work with, you're going into it more prepared and you can have a better better outcome. Correct. Fair enough? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so um, hopefully uh, you folks uh, that are listening found some value to this and, uh, and we appreciate you being with us. And uh, I am David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. And you have been listening to Renovation Made Right. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.